Hello everyone, my name is Rick, Rick van Bruggen from the F4J, and yep, this has been a long time in the making. A couple of months have gone by, but we're back. We're going to record another episode of our Grafistania Neo4j podcast. And to do that, I have my dear friend and colleague, uh, Stefan Wimbin, on the other side of this uh, Zoom call. Hi, Stefan. Hello, Rick. Nice, nice to hear voice again. And yes. being back in, in this uh, Grafistania, uh, I, I, I thought I lost my passport, but I, I find it again. <laughs> so it's good to be back and see that customs are once again open. I am very happy that we're back. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Stefan, it's been quite a, quite an exciting couple of months, right? I mean, uh, I think the last recording is uh, is from somewhere uh, February, March or something like that. So we've, we've had a little bit of a silence and that almost overlaps with uh, one of the most exciting and, and strange and, and yeah, bizarre uh, episodes of my lifetime, uh, the whole uh, COVID-19 lockdown. Uh, Obviously, I wonder how you lived through it. Uh, how, what was your personal experience like? Yeah, I, I think yeah, you summed it up with uh, the word bizarre. Uh, it it was almost like it was like a parallel universe. Uh, I guess uh, I, I have the fortune to live, or uh, before it was a fortunate to live in Sweden, uh, and we weren't really doing that lockdown super hard. Of course, uh, we tried to do a, a, a version where we should put the responsibility on people instead of just locking everybody, uh, which is now again coming back to us, I guess, uh, because now I can't travel uh, because we didn't do the lockdown. So, uh, but I think uh, it was more busier than ever in, in some areas. You can see with some clients, I mean, uh, any government or agency sectors, but life science research, those were kind of exploding. So that was more busy than ever. And then you can see some also struggling. So. So it was a little bit like this kind of paradox. It was more work than ever, but at the same time, you can also see uh, previous colleagues or friends uh, not working at all. So it has been a challenge, I guess, but with any challenge, you also, when reflecting, kind of grow as a person, I guess. Uh, so so I think, uh, I, I, as we said before the call, I dropped eight kilos during this time. Uh, I don't know. Uh, yeah, so, so I think, I came out as a better person trying to kind of not do so much of it has to be black or it has to be white, you know, this kind of uh, false dilemma kind of thing, but rather yeah. trying to see that it can be a couple of different scenarios and, and both persons can be right. What about you? Yeah, no, I mean, uh, for me as well, uh, obviously I live in Antwerp uh, and we did in Belgium and we did have a, a, a quite a quite a harsh lockdown uh, from middle of March until early June. And uh, that also meant uh, a whole set of changes for me personally. I mean, I have three kids, uh, their school was cancelled. Uh, we had to kind of uh, uh, homeschool them slash entertain them slash make sure that we as a family didn't go completely crazy um, yeah. and get some work done uh, in the meanwhile. So uh, yeah, I agree with you. It was a, a bizarre time, but it was a very busy time. Uh, Professionally, it's been busier than ever, uh, and then the whole uh, personal family life thing—you uh, know—it it also came with a little bit of additional uh, uh, concerns. But I kept on thinking throughout this entire lockdown that you know we're the lucky ones. You know what I mean? It's—I—I uh, yeah, yeah. uh, I feel in 
incredibly fortunate and that's the the, the, the feeling that, that really sticks with me that you know I haven't been sick I have been healthy all the time I was able to ride my bike I was able to eat well live well stay connected with my friends you know it was for me it wasn't really an issue you know what I mean I I, I didn't go outside as much but at the end of the day I, it was very uh, it was very comfortable but I did you know I, I I kept on thinking to you know for example many of my my boys classmates who aren't as fortunate you know what they live in a small apartment here in Antwerp with three four people and uh, and they only have one computer and you know they they are not as fortunate as we are and uh, yeah I do think that uh, it was extremely heavy on those uh, on those people and I I, I hope uh, that you know in, in some 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 ways we we can help them out as a society because uh, I you know I don't want this to uh, to continue to weigh on them uh, the way I fear it might so that I, yeah. I, my heart go, goes out to uh, other people sick healthy lonely you know <laughs> those types yeah. of people um, I, mean, I think this is like one one uh, just to top a little bit on that I think uh, I think the interesting part is this this is basically the first time we had this kind of pandemic with uh, a working or a non-working or internet actually is working and yeah. the problem is that we were most likely cannot really handle it because of the, the amount of news spread or misinformation and those kind of things uh, so we have this kind of how it at the same time gets a little bit worse because we have misinformation and but we also on the other hand has this growth in empathy or caring for others so uh, it's really an interesting time from like uh, studying people and behavior i think uh, which is let's what see. i kind of obsessed with let's see what happens afterwards right and uh, let's hope that that, yeah. that you know the worst is behind us and that you know the, the good things that can come from that like your 645 workout you know keep it up uh yeah bike riding let's keep it up uh, caring for other people let's keep it up you know what i mean it's uh let's yeah. let's try to get uh, keep the keep the good stuff and that um seamlessly brings me with something i wanted to talk to you about because I know that uh, you know you've always been doing these innovation labs for Neo4j, right? Helping people yeah. innovate with graphs, and you've been doing them remotely in the past couple of months. And I know that you've been using some really interesting and exciting new techniques and tools for that. Uh, maybe it's useful for us to talk a little bit about that before we uh, talk about some of the interesting use cases that we saw. What do you think? Yeah. Yeah, I think it can also be like a really neat bridge, basically, into some of uh, the use cases, I think. Uh, so exactly. uh, as uh, for those that don't know, I run the Innovation Lab here uh, in EMEA at Neo4j. Basically, what we do is kind of looked upon uh, the knowledge that we as a company has had uh, during 10 years of enterprise adoption of this. And then we designed processes to kind of speed up time for innovation and basically validation, picking the right thing. Uh, the problem with that process is that it was based basically on design thinking uh, with some slight changes uh, and that is heavily in person, right? Uh, so um, seeing the pipe going completely <laughs> empty was a bit of a shock. So then I looked upon it's like, okay, but uh, I'm not so much of a fan of this kind of new normal talk back and forth. Uh, I, I think there is there is only change, so we only have to adapt of it, uh, uh, to it, right? So I, I very early on uh, study on how would I like to do a meeting? What are the things that are challenging 
to me as a person. I get really annoyed when uh, there's bad facilitation. So I could just see like, when do I struggle in meetings? So then I kind of looked upon that as a design problem. So how can I design that to go away? So we started to use, of course, the, the breakout rooms in, uh, in uh, Zoom, which I think is an awesome feature. Uh, and you can use it very creatively. Uh, one of my favorite is this one, two, four, all, uh, where you basically go alone in a room, you go with a friend, that's the two. You take those two pairs, which is the four, and then all comes together to kind of structure the way you talk about things. Because very often in talks, you have this kind of, oh, wait, uh, you go, uh, you go. Uh, can you see my screen? And those kind of things, right? Yeah. So we start to use also uh, Miro, uh, which I think is a great tool for online collaborations, uh, for both putting together uh, uh, the business proposals uh, or the pitch of the value proposition, basically, uh, as of any idea generation exercises. So there's a lot of that going on, uh, which was neat. Uh, and in that, uh, this is actually the most busiest time because we had a very, very healthy pipe because of the graph community literally exploding, right? But also in this time, uh, that went completely blank. Uh, but then only in a couple of weeks, I kind of rebuilt that pipe. so. It has been busy as I have never been busy before, to be honest. I've delivered these on back-to-back uh, -back, uh, since COVID started. Uh, and one thing that really stood out in that is uh, in the area of um, pretty much kind of life science or research, I think uh, anything from kind of patient journeys, drug discoveries, uh, uh, there is this interesting thing about the COVID graph, for example. Uh, do you want to fiddle in uh, some, some, something here? Rick? Yeah, absolutely. Like, you know, uh, because, you know, obviously uh, innovation is, is, is something that we all really care about. But I, it kind of brings us to the, the, the topic that we usually have in, in, on this podcast, which uh, are, you know, like the interesting use cases that we saw. And, yeah. and obviously, um, in uh, in 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 this uh, you know, stressful time, there were a few um, you know uh, use cases that popped out. You know, and I, maybe we can talk a little bit about that uh, uh, here. And I, for me, you know, maybe I'll start. You know, I saw yeah. some really interesting uh, work being done in the healthcare domain, right? Um, and, and I think you, you you share that with me a little bit. But things like, for example, the COVID graph, right, where uh, friends of ours from the German Center for uh, Diabetes Research, together with other people in the community, together with you know our own staff, they started working together on this huge project um, that brought together all kinds of knowledge and information about uh, COVID, right, and and, and the coronavirus uh, research. Amazing project. We did a, a podcast episode about that uh, um, in, in March, I believe. Uh, amazing story, but it led to a number of other uh, really interesting cases. Like, for example, there was a, a fantastic blog article on the Neo4j developer blog about modeling patient journeys. You know, what happens to uh, a patient as they get treated for a particular uh, Ill, illness or disease, you know, all of the steps that they have to go through. And I, I used to work a lot in the healthcare domain and I, and I know that this type of journey analysis can be not only the the difference between health and, and sickness, but also the, the, the difference between um, 
you know efficiency and non-efficiency you know what i mean uh, between yeah. happiness and unhappiness because if the journey of a patient if that starts going wrong you know it can not only lead to uh, you know a, a prolonged, prolonged illness but it can also lead to a lot of frustration a lot of anxiety uh, exploding costs you know it's one of those things that you know looking at that journey it, it, it's a fantastic thing to to really think about and model and guess what graphs are are really interesting for that um, yeah. And then I, I, I spent quite some time also um, in April. Uh, I remember it was the Easter holiday here in Belgium and kids uh, were even less busy from school than, than they were uh, because <laughs> yeah. of the lockdown. Uh, but I spent quite a bit of time thinking and writing about uh, uh, contact tracing. Right? It's yeah. one of those, those use cases that uh, has also really stood out for me as a, as a as an interesting application for graphs uh, uh, for us as a society. And it's all about, you know, understanding how people are in, con in contact with one another, right? I mean, we had to lock down entire countries because we didn't know anymore how the virus was spreading through our societies. And of course, you know, if we would be able to securely and, 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 and uh, you know, in a, in a privacy conscious way, uh, track how people are, are potentially spreading the virus, then you know what well, we might be able to avoid it. You know, we might be able to avoid having to lock down entire societies. Um, so I thought that was a fascinating uh, piece of uh, uh, of, um, of of use cases and of, of of material that I was able to gather there. Um, really, really cool stuff. Also for graph data science, you know, I really enjoyed that. Uh, but yeah. maybe you could talk about some other stuff that you've seen. <laughs> yeah, no, no, but I just have a, a reflection on your reflection, which is like okay. method, yeah. a reflection. No, but I think it's like <laughs> uh, when you talked about this patient journey and uh, as, uh, as you know, I've injured my back way, way back. Oh, yeah, I yeah, was yeah. very, very struggling. And after coming out of that, I worked with one of the big uh, companies, I will not name it, uh, treating cancer. So we looked upon modeling patient journeys and predicting where it would be frustrating and and hard and which are the painful stuff. A super graphy use case, right? As we yeah, all yeah. know. But remembering back then, uh, people were like, yeah, I can see that this has clearly value, but this is something Apple should do, was the comment of the CEO of this global company. And I was like, no way. you see the money, you see that it helps people. But I think the struggle was here that he could just not see himself doing it because they were so stuck in the mental model of tables, treatments and stuff and not having this flexible approach. I think this is also something that's coming to me very clear now with, with all the different, we, we did several labs in the Dutch uh, science sector, right? Uh, seeing like a company or organization after another, understanding the power of um, not only the graphs, but using the uh, graph data science library and the algorithms kind of iterate and kind of segment and understand uh, this kind of big data uh, so so i think this is like super cool to see that this is finally happening and i think uh, in one sense all of this almost in a sense helped this to happen i think or we didn't have time to ignore it anymore now now it was real and we all had to work on it so i think that was very very cool uh, but there was a lot of other things uh, one thing that i was thinking also on the topic of this kind of 
Apple should do this kind of thing. Uh, yeah. I stumbled upon when reading the articles uh, uh, this Neo4j commander, which seemed uh, super cool, uh, basically to without cipher editing uh, in in a dashboard kind of sense, editing uh, yeah. your database. Uh, and it reminded me a story when I was like at the age of 30 or something last year, basically. I'm young and fresh, right? <laughs> okay, that was a slight lie to all the listeners. Uh, I'm 46, I think. <laughs> so I was moving to New York. We're um, uh, starting an agency. So I had, uh, uh, it was me and another suite uh, starting um, an agency with. Uh, American employees and Japanese uh, owners. You can imagine that uh, cluster F, it was a mess. Uh, <laughs> at the same time, uh, it was the release of the iPhone. And I remember okay. that time, uh, I was super excited. I loved uh, uh, like this idea of good UX and good user experience. And when you put time into design, not only visual design, which is of course what they also did in the iPhone, but I remember that meeting. I was sitting in a corner office in Park Avenue in New York on the 27th floor. And then uh, 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 the, the, the client said, uh, before the rest of the board arrives, Stefan, would you mind put that the toy inside of your pocket? And I was like, what? Uh, and, uh, but you have your phone on the table. He said, it's like, yes, but this is a working phone. I was like, yeah, but I use this for work as well. No, 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 this is a toy. And then I was like, why is it a toy? It's like, I, I couldn't really understand it, but then he said it. And I think this words and this sentence kind of resonates with me a lot. No, but everything is so simple on it. This cannot be serious and it cannot be work. And I was like, does work have to be boring and hard? And I think this was my immediate thinking. I haven't tried this in Neo4j Commander, so I don't even know it actually works. This is on my list to do for the vacations. But I yeah. saw this idea of, you know, when, when we're entering new paradigms with technology, it's very often that we default back to the old way of doing it. It was harder. We learned it, so now it's easier for us. Basically, this is the same as riding a car using a stick, right? And uh, yeah. manual gears, right? It's like, why the hell would you do that? Oh, no, but I need it because I have an aggressive style of driving. It's like, yeah, there's something called sports mode. It's been around for 15 years. Get the, <laughs> get the grip, man. <laughs> so exactly. I think this is a, like, and also an interesting idea of this idea of mental models and, and change and when we're forced into change and all of a sudden it feels like the most normal. I, I mean, nobody would ever say uh, iPhone would be a toy now. Now it's just boring. It become uh, basically status quo nowadays, right? I agree, uh, I agree. So there were some other really interesting uh, topics that we that we should maybe briefly mention here to our to our listeners. I mean, uh, obviously there was a big uh, product uh, change in in the F J. We, oh, we actually yes. brought out quite a bit of uh, uh, new product functionality with the Graph Data Science Library, new version that came out, but also Neo4j 4.1 that came out. Some really exciting stuff there. And then, um, you know, I, I think they, these are all things that, that are incrementally, you know, helping helping people in the Graph community become more more, more productive, right? Uh, lots, of, lots of good stuff there. And then the last one that I wanted to mention was, uh, <laughs> Obviously, uh, the best, of course, the moment we have the been best. All waiting for. <laughs> there was a great article that I, you know, I, I just it just makes me yeah. smile because it's such a simple but great example of graph, graph, graph power. Uh, there was a great article of using collaborative filtering on 
Drum roll. <laughs> Beer recommendations. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Yep. There uh, it was. There it was. Yep. So I'm uh, I'm still smiling uh, uh, when I'm. Yeah, and I, I think it's also kind of cool because it, uh, as I mentioned before, like uh, when joining Neo, I was of course googling what the hell has happened last during the last ten years, and then of course I stumble upon uh, Rick's uh, very famous, you must say now, uh, or you can't get rid of being uh, the original beer graph, right? Uh, so, so my only uh, uh, thought when I saw this, oh, I wonder who will be the great persons joining Neo now after this beer graph, because ah, yeah, that's the absolutely. reason why I joined. So yes. it makes perfect sense, uh, uh, which is super cool. Uh, which comes back to one of the last things that I want to mention, because uh, yep. I'm kind of already, always interested in this, in this weird patterns of people, right? And how we kind of say that we do one thing, but then when nobody watches, we do a completely other thing. Uh, and uh, so very often when I do behavior prediction, I put on the hat of an anthropologist. Uh, I'm very closely related to this, this of course, uh, uh, what uh, you can see in Cyber uh, SW uh, 1.0, which is basically putting on the, like a graph of uh, geology data, uh, mapping yeah. that using heat maps and stuff. And I think this is one again, one of those like beautiful examples of that graphs are basically everywhere and, and how it's such a flexible structure dealing with complexity and showing how, how, uh, how a network and an ecosystem uh, do exist over time. So, so this is also something that uh, I'm super interested. I send it to some, some friend in uh, Uppsala yeah. University uh, and we agreed on this is a perfect thing of sitting in the hammock uh, during vacation and drinking flather uh, sat, which is like, uh, I don't know. Uh, I don't even know how to translate it. It's one of those flower and one of the juices that you make uh, in summer. So it's super summery, but we're going to spend time doing this. Uh, I think it's super neat and uh, they keep reminding me how, how graphs can actually push push insights and especially using again uh, graph data science library I really love that uh, so yeah so uh, keep, keep exploring we, uh, I guess uh, absolutely no so you know I think uh, it'll probably be a couple more couple of weeks or months before we do another episode because uh, the holiday plans right uh, uh, yes. I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to uh, ride, ride my bike quite a bit, I, I know, with my boys. Um, you've got any uh, massive plans as well, uh, Stefan? I hope so. No, I, I'm waiting for you to ride your bike to, to <laughs> Stockholm and bring me one of those uh, triple uh, beers that you have. No, It's uh, a matter uh, of time, man. <laughs> it's a matter of time. That, that actually, that's a good phrase. And as we all know, time is relative, right? Exactly. Cool. No, hey, uh, Stefan, I, thanks so much for uh, taking the yeah. time again. Yeah, super nice. And yeah, have a okay, great vacation nice then uh, to, to all of the listeners. And uh, if you find any cool uh, and interesting graph use cases, why don't you let us know? Please do. Have a great vacation. Please. I'll talk to you uh, after supper. Have a nice day. Have a nice day. Bye.